Hello, welcome to Remember When. I'm your host, Carl Schulteis. UMGA TV and the Historical Society are continuing this series as an oral history project of life and community in Upper Marion Township. In their own words, we want the people who live the history of the township to tell us about that history. This edition features Marge Barrow. Marge recalls growing up on Byler Road in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. Let's sit back and listen to Marge Barrow, Remember When. Marge, thanks for coming in today. We really appreciate this opportunity to get to talk to you. It's my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> You're a longtime Upper Marion resident. You were even born here. In, in yes. Here. Where were you born? I was actually born in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, How'd mother, you get there? <laughs> my mother took the train from the Abrams Station up to New York City. I was delivered by a midwife and brought home when I was 10 days old. Mm -hmm. And from there on, my life started in Upper Marion. <laughs> well, let's go back a little bit. Let's talk about your parents just for a second. Uh, tell me about your mom. Uh, my mother is from Bel was from Belgium, I should say. Uh, she came across when she was five and a half years old. She lived on a coal barge up in New York City, and her well, her father uh, moved to Vermont when she was 14, I guess it was, and she was sent to Delaware to live with her aunt and uncle as her mother was deceased. And she met my father when she was 16 and married him when she was 17. Mm -hmm. What about your dad? My dad was from Tuff Kenneman, just outside of Kennett Square. Okay. And he was raised on a farm and he helped his mother deliver the mail by the uh, Pony Express. And uh, he became a farmer and lived in Kennett Square after he was married. Mm -hmm. And two years after they were married, they moved to Upper Marion. So... In March of 1921. 1921. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I you were born in 1923, is that right? I was born May 26, 1923. Uh, I understand there was an interesting event that took place just shortly before heralding your birth. On April 5th of 1923, there was a tornado that came through what they called the Abrams area, which is along Byler Road. And it destroyed quite a good bit of property uh, mother said it didn't last long, about a half an hour, but it can uh, cause a lot of damage. And we have, this is a, a picture of our home that we lived in, which wasn't damaged. The only thing that happened to that was a window was taken out in the back. They, uh, up in the barn, the barn was completely destroyed. The only thing that was left of that were the walls. My father told me that he stood on the east side of the barn and watched everything go down towards the meadow. And when it was all over, he was still standing up one side of the wall. These are, I have pictures here that uh, show what damage it can do and the debris that is left there. This one is 
from the asparagus house looking up towards the barn. What do they do in the asparagus house? The asparagus house is where they bunched and cleaned the asparagus for selling. They sold asparagus there, oh, excuse me, every month, uh, every spring they sold the asparagus. And uh, they had a special routine that they went through in this asparagus house. And I can remember everything being laid right out. And then they would tie them with little red ribbons. And that's the way they were prepared for selling. A little bit about the, the farm. You lived on a farm, I would assume. This was a fruit orchard. Where did they uh, get the asparagus? The asparagus was over next to the barn. It was uh, they had a big asparagus patch there. Mm -hmm. uh, and Mr. Brumell, who owned the farm, had his vegetable garden on one side of the patch, and my father had his vegetable garden below the patch. And uh, the orchard itself was up along uh, Valley Forge Road, and there were hundreds of trees there, all kinds of apples, peaches, pears. And down along Bidler Road, between the home that I lived in and Howard Bidler, was what they called the cherry orchard. They had a lot of cherry trees there, but they also had grape barbers there. And they sold the cherries as well, the cherries and the grapes. Now from the apple orchard itself, they not only sold the apples, but they made apple cider. We used to watch them make the apple cider and put it in jugs and prepare it for selling. How long did the uh, orchard stay where, uh, well, stayed as an, functioned as an orchard? Uh, well, they were just, it was fairly new back in 21 because my father planted about three quarters of the orchard. Now, I don't remember how many trees were in it, although my dad did tell me, I forget. But it was an orchard up until about, um, well, my father moved away from there in 42, and they maintained it for an orchard for a few years after that, but I'm not exactly sure. sure. How many years? I can I can vaguely remember it in the 1960s. Yeah, because we used to go up to get apples up there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it had been sold to the fella, uh, to another fella who operated the farm. And uh, then after that, he sold it, I guess, for the uh, townhomes that are there now. But um, I'm not sure just how long that it, they maintained it, unfortunately. Yeah. Let's go back and talk uh, about your farm again, uh, the house that you lived in. Could you describe it for me? Yes. It was a brand new home when my parents moved in it. It was two stories. Beautiful front to it. And uh, I have that picture. Well, I did have it. That other one is on the, on the face here? Yeah, that one. Yeah, I see. This is the front of the house. 
mm -hmm. that we had. Right. It had a nice kitchen in it. You could eat in the kitchen, a dining room, a living room, an entrance hall, had three bedrooms and a bath on the second floor, and an attic. Now, in the kitchen was your wood stove. And I can remember that wood stove like it was yesterday. Uh, did it, it was great. I can, to me, there's nothing like country living. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed that home. And uh, it's, in the summertime, we, it was a, a nice yard around it. In the summertime, my dad and mother would be out there with us children, and we'd sit under the maple tree at night and just listen to the sounds of everything, and it was quiet of the evening. Very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Very enjoyable. How'd you heat your home, do you remember? It, there was a pipe, what they called a pipeless heater down in the cellar with coal. And in the living room was this great big grate that was for the heat. And then right up above that in the corner of the one bedroom was a, what they called a little register, about 15 inches square, so the heat could go upstairs. Yes, that was a pretty standard means of heating the yes, it homes was. at the time. There was no electricity in it until, uh, I guess, about 1937. Yeah. Well, what, I, how did you illuminate your house at night? Uh, with oil lamps. Mm -hmm. uh, I can remember the oil lamps, one in the kitchen and one in the dining room table. Mother and Dad had a couple of them in the living room. And, of course, uh, you had one in the bedroom at night when you went up, and then you put it out. Make sure you put it out before you go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember uh, the owner of the farm? Where, did, where was his home? His home was right up there, uh, right down from the um, the barn. He uh, sat back off of Bidler Road, mm -hmm. right up, uh, right next to the barn. Mr. Howard Bermel, he, he and his wife, and he had a daughter that lived up there. Very, very nice gentlemen. They were Quakers, but very lovely people. But he didn't actually uh, work the farm. It's your, your father worked the farm? He worked the farm with my father. Oh, okay. Yes, he worked the farm with my father. Did they have any other people working on the farm? One other gentleman by the name of William Brown uh, lived in a bungalow next to us, between us and Howard Bidler on Bidler Road, and he worked with my dad. So he had three families living on the... Uh, three families living mm, on it, mm -hmm. right. making okay. a living from that farm. farm. There wasn't that many games on the market like there are today. Mm -hmm. And you sort of made up your games. At night, I can remember many a time at night, sitting at the dining room table, using matches, strike everywhere matches, and playing little games with them. My father would sit there and play the games with us. Okay. My father was the one that played games with us, 
helped us with our homework and all. Mother is the one that did the sewing and ironing and washing and things like that. Yeah. She was kept busy that yeah, way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there was a Howard Bidler, which was the next home to ours, which was the one son of Jacob Bidler that owned the farm, the Bidler farm. And on the other side of Jacob Bidler was his son, Warren. And uh, they worked the farm there with their dad. Hmm. Now they uh, also, they only, they had dairy, but they also had pigs. And they made their own sausage and scrapple. And we loved to go up there and watch that. That was a lot of fun. It doesn't sound like an awful lot, but if you watch them, it, it was to us. I mean, we were kids, and it was interesting. Mm -hmm. The the Bider Farm was was that located west of you, uh, east, east of, of us, east of us, mm -hmm. east of you, going down towards Abrams. Okay, there's a house there still on on um, on Bidler Road. Looks quite old. Yeah. I was just going to say the Jacob Bidler house is still there. And I'm not sure if that's still the granddaughter that's living in there or not, uh -huh. Tacey Thomas. But uh, yeah. that is the, the old, old Bidler home, home that's still there. Right. And Howard Bidler's home is still there, and so is Warren's. All three of the yeah, Bidler, Bidler homes, homes are, are still, still there. there. And you were going to school at the time? Where did you go to school? My first year was down in Port Kennedy. And the Port Kennedy School is there, but is now being used for an office. But at that time, you had two grades in one room. First and second was together, third and fourth, fifth and sixth, and seventh and eighth. But I was a smart little kid. I only went four months in first grade and went to second. Oh, okay. <laughs> you moved right along. <laughs> I did. And then how the old were you, How old were you at the time? Six. Six, okay. And then the high school was built over golf, what they called Golf Road and Montgomery Avenue at that time, which is now being used as another office. Mm -hmm. uh, the high school itself, I went there, uh, I was seven when I went into there, and I graduated from there in 1940. Um, let's just go back a bit. Tell me about, a little bit about uh, your schooling. Do you remember any of your teachers' names? I sure do. Miss, uh, I was Miss Evans when I was there, but it was Mrs. Groff later. Uh, I had a teacher. Uh, what did she teach, you remember? She taught first and second. Mm -hmm. Then there was a Miss Raker that taught third and fourth, but that, I didn't have her. I forget who my third grade teacher was, but we had um, in fifth grade, Grade. I had a Mrs. Ethel Deal for fifth and sixth grade music, English and music. Yeah. This was all at Port Kennedy? No, this is going to the high school. school. Okay. I only spent one year yeah. at Port Kennedy. I see. But then the high school was built and they closed Port Kennedy. I see. Well, the, then actually, that was a, a, a first through 12th grade school, then the, uh, the high no, school. No, it was only first through eighth. Yeah. You had uh, to go to Norristown for high school. Oh, I see. I see. But uh, that, that's what I say. They built the high school then. And this was in uh, 32 that they opened that? 31, 32? 
31. I forget what year. <laughs> but somewhere along 30, there. 30, 31 mm -hmm. uh, that they opened the high school. And I went from third grade through 12th at the high school cool. at that time. Right. And uh, there was a, uh, oh, there was a Miss, there was Mrs. Marwood. Now she lived in Abrams. She was a Sarah Carlin. And she married, her name was Marwood. She was one of our teachers there. And there was a Herbert Hensinger, which a lot of them knew. Then, of course, there was Mr. Robert Strang, who was also a teacher mm -hmm. and became our principal. Right. right. You uh, probably remember mm -hmm. him. Yes, I, mean, <laughs> I, I do. I do. Um, going back a minute, how did you get to school? From there was the a bus that came along in front of, and stopped right in front of our house. What, do you remember? The, could you describe the bus for me? I rode the bus. Ben Mullen was our bus driver. He lived on Allendale Road, and he was our bus driver for, oh, many years. I can remember him just, you know, mm -hmm. he, he, to us, he seemed like an older man, but right. he wasn't that much older. He was about yeah. the same age as my father, I guess it was. Was it a yellow bus? Yes, it was. <laughs> it was a yellow bus. Yeah. And, yeah. and it would pick up the kids from your area? Uh, well, it stopped at ours. It stopped up at the uh, Bidler's, then on down at Kalinske's because the farms were far enough apart. Right. There wasn't hardly any traffic on the road. This is Bidler Road. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. okay. There was nobody up on Valley Forge Road uh, except uh, down where the Logans are, mm -hmm. or on Logan Farm. That's right across from the uh, Gold Gym now. Right. And uh, their Orm Logan's granddaughters still live there. Oh. Mm-hmm. In the old homestead. Do you remember the route that the bus took to get to school? Oh. It came up from Port Kennedy. We went down Byler Road. Then we turned in on Brownlee Road and went back through that way and came back through Belmont Terrace and went down Henderson Road to 202. Uh, from there, it went down north on 202 to King Manor and went out through Crooked Lane. I can remember that yeah, part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't okay. know where, whether we went to school from there or <laughs> whether it made a further distance. You, got, you really know. got a tour of the township every morning, didn't you? <laughs> it, it was nice. I, yeah. How many kids were on the bus? About? Um, I don't know, maybe about 30. Yeah. So good-sized bus. Good to, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a good-sized bus. Yeah. yeah. It was a good size bus, but, and uh, I. Uh, can you can you remember some of the classes that you took uh, in terms of uh, subjects? Uh, well, of course, in in, in uh, elementary, you were taught the reading, writing, and arithmetic. 
your basics. The basic three. And then, of course, we had music as an extracurricular. We had some art. Then into the high school, we had chorus. We had uh, gym, which you got your hockey, your baseball, uh, basketball. Uh, We had our art classes. Then you got into your specialized classes in 10th, 11th, and 12th, where you had your choice between academic, commercial, or business course, general. And I took the commercial, which took in your shorthand, typing, and bookkeeping. And I have all my report cards yet today. Did you bring any? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't think to bring them. <laughs> well, they're great memorabilia. They, I'm sure they are. They, um, I'm, I'm proud of them. I guess that's why I kept them. <laughs> okay, okay. You mentioned something about um, the uh, the farmer's market over in Norristown. You know, they, they took uh, products over there. Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to get over there and see any of that? Uh, I was over a few times, mm-hmm. but not too many times. And how did you get there when you went over? Oh, well, my daddy had a car. Okay. And what did he drive? Do you remember? (laughs) There was an old touring Dodge I know that he had at one time. time. I remember that one. Uh And I When you say a touring Dodge, you're referring to a a one without a hard top? That's right. It was the canvas top and uh, no windows on the side. The only thing that you could put up was... Ones that fastened the one there. Isn't that Isinglass? Yeah, they, like Isinglass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And if it rained, why well, you were in a rush to get your windows up? Right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, our grocery shopping was done down in Bridgeport at Second and DeKalb, and uh, right across from that was what they called the Broadway Theater. So while my parents were shopping in there for the groceries. They gave us a nickel to go across the street and see the movies. The other uh, thing was the newspaper. Did you get a newspaper? Times Herald. And it was called the Norristown Times Herald. And how did you get that? That was delivered by a fellow by the name of Stanley Barnshaw that lived on Brownlee Road. He was uh, the newspaper fellow for as long as I could remember. And how would he deliver, by bike or by car or by what? No, he had a, a little car that he brought around. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the Times-Herald has a long history, so. Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. Did you get daily delivery of the newspaper? Mm-hmm. Did you have a radio? Yep. A little battery operated. Well, not, it wasn't battery, it was tubes. Right. They had tubes in them and... Uh, They'd have to right. be replaced every once in a while. Well, vacuum tubes, yeah. I can remember that, yeah. I can remember my dad listening to Amos and Andy and all those different right. programs, you know. That was my dad's entertainment. Right. Well, what year did they get electricity in the uh, in your house? Uh, around 37, I right believe there. it was, yeah. mm-hmm. that they put the electricity in that house. house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that must have been a big event. You had to... <laughs> it was. <laughs> to have lights. Change, it changed your changed the way you lived dramatically. I'm sure. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yes, it did. 
You had, uh, uh, remember the Billy Walker farm? I sure do. Tell me a little bit about that. I can remember Billy had a meat market there where he butchered his own meat. And of course, it, he had a store there for everybody to come to that wanted to. And uh, he had a tennis court there that we used to see him playing tennis on, as his recreation. And he had a swimming pool there. And every once in a while, he'd say, tell the people, I'm going to have a swimming party. And everybody was invited. You'd, they'd have a, a grand time. It was a, a big in-ground swimming pool. Mm -hmm. And of course, today that is now the Walker Field. Part of it is the Walker Park down there. And uh, Brandywine Village sets on that park. It used to be the farm, mm -hmm. I should say. Mm -hmm. And I spent almost 35 years living in Brandywine Village. When did you move to Brandywine Village? Uh, from Brandywine? No, oh, you moved. Oh. You lived in Brandywine I, Village. All right. I lived in uh, Gladwin with my father-in-law uh, from uh, 47 to 51. And that's when I moved in our home in Brandywine. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were there for almost 35 years. Then we moved to Florida, North Fort Myers, mm -hmm. Florida, for 20 years. Mm -hmm. You said you had base there were baseball teams in the community? Yes. Uh, I don't remember how many, but my father was an umpire for the baseball teams, different ones. And uh, they uh, had one down in um, Sweden. They had one in Bridgeport. And one down at uh, 202 and Henderson, uh, between uh, what was Henderson Road and Ivy Lane. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, that was called Ross Road at that time, because right. it went up into the Ross Farm. Right. But uh, they had a big baseball diamond there. And my dad used to go down and umpire at different times. And mother and us kids always went along. Yeah. And I enjoyed baseball. So. There was a uh, was it a big league? I mean, in terms of the number of uh, teams, were there a lot of teams or just a few teams? No, I I don't think there was much more than about three or four or teams, teams that uh, played. Played, but they were made up of all the local residents. Mm -hmm. Bridgeport was sort of the commercial center for the for this area at the time. Yes, it was. The uh, the big the big grocery store was Demetrius at the Second and DeKalb. And right on the other side of 2nd Street on uh, DeKalb was the Weiss Clothing Store. And that was quite a store. That was big for that area. And he supplied most of the clothing for the people in that area. In the whole area. And then there was a drugstore called Ide's Drugstore. And Mr. Ide lived up here in King of Prussia, right on 202. And uh, he had the store, uh, had, first he had it at 4th and DeKalb, and then it was moved up on, when they built the bridge over the railroad from 4th to 2nd, he was up on the bridge. Okay. And we used to go there yeah, for our ice cream cones. Yeah. Five cents a cone. Uh, this, this was in the drugstore. You had, to, had a... Um, 
did they have a, a counter with the stools and, and so on? Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. That had about six stools, I guess, in it. And uh, you uh, could go in there, you got your ice cream, got your medicines. And uh, it, I, it's a little hard to describe, I guess. Outside of sitting on these big red stools, okay. At the counter, and, and but who, you could get milkshakes, right? Banana splits. The they used to have use a term called soda jerk. Yeah, yeah, soda <laughs> jerk they call. <laughs> <laughs> and what? And his function was? Well, um, he had someone that worked in there with him, because he usually took care of your prescriptions and. The medicines that right. you needed, right. and he had someone that took care of the fountain. And that was just that was his principal function, is to mm -hmm. handle that. Uh... Mm -hmm. <laughs> what was your favorite? Do you remember? Chocolate. Chocolate. I'm, I'm chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> chocolate. <-hawk. laughs> okay. You had also talked about the Stewart Fund Hall. Mm -hmm. And what was that? Uh... That was at 202 and Allendale Road, and of course that's. Intersection has been changed. Uh, there was a house right on the very corner, but then the school set right back a little bit. It was a um, two-story building, and uh, they had where the car, they used to park the teacher's cars were like a shed that went along this way, and they just pulled in. It was just like a, a roof over. But um, that had, been closed as a school for a number of years, but they used to hold a lot of activities in there. Then in uh, the late 30s, early 40s, they went to having dances in there. And it was regular dancing and square dancing. And uh, we used to go there on Saturday nights for the dancing, and I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> Your big night out there, honey. Yeah, <laughs> that was a big night yeah. out, but I did like the uh, the dancing of it. Okay. And you went there as families. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just up visiting my brother last week, and we were talking about that, and he was telling me how he remembered going there as a little man. Now, when I say little, he was about nine or ten. <laughs> okay. This is your youngest brother? That you married? This is my youngest brother, yes. So he's nine or ten. You must have been about 16, 17 at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was just out of high school at that time. So the, um, then, then, of course, the Stuart Fun Hall later became uh, the township building? Yes, it became yeah. a town. Well, they had the um, offices then in there at that time. time. And they uh, used that as a township building. Yeah. You paid your real estate taxes there and, uh, you know, different permits, whatever. That was that was on the ground floor of the building, right? Yes, it was. And the, so your dancing must have been upstairs? Yes, it was. was I like, remember that building used to creak every time you went up the steps. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> the floor creaked, too, when you were dancing. Yeah, I guess it did. <laughs> but they had a little stage up there mm -hmm. on the second floor. It... Uh, it was a good crowd. Yeah. A lot of fun. Well, okay. So, John, your husband, how did you meet John? Well, I met John at a square dance in uh, the community hall at uh, Fairview. 
Fairview Village. Fairview Village. Mm -hmm. So how'd you get up there? Well, we were living at Shrack's Corner by that time. Where's Shrack's Corner? A trooper in Egypt Roads. We moved there in 1942. And uh, they had these square dances up at the community hall in Fairview Village. And uh, a couple girlfriends of mine used to go up there on Wednesday nights. And uh, this Wednesday night, uh, John came in there in uniform. It was January 6, 1943. He was in the service. He, he had been in the service for six months. And I was introduced to him through mutual friends. And I met him, and he went back to camp, he said, the next day. But uh, that weekend, he was home again. Okay. <laughs> Something of interest at all. He home. was at Fort Bragg <laughs> at the time. No, I'm sorry, Fort Meade, Maryland at yeah. the time. Mm -hmm. And he got a weekend pass and come home and called me. So we went to the other dance at the other schoolhouse in Germantown Pike. And that's where it all started. started. Okay. Uh, he, uh, we went, well, he'd be home about every two, three weeks, I guess. And uh, then he went on uh, what they called winter maneuvers in Wisconsin in uh, the winter of 43-44, he went overseas in 44. When he came home, and well, he was discharged December 28th of 1945. Where did he go overseas? He was in the European theater. He was the Battle of the Bulge, and I don't remember. He mm -hmm. was in three different battles. Mm -hmm. He has three battle stars. Uh, he went right up to the Russians. The Germans, and he was uh, overseas for a year and a half, and he was home four months when we were married. Oh, things moved very quickly when he got home. <laughs> <laughs> we knew. <laughs> That's great. So yeah, we knew. Yeah, so you got to those four. That was what year was that? That we were married, mm -hmm. 1946, mm -hmm. May the second, okay. uh, May the fourth, 1946. What's coming up then? Mm-hmm. 60 years. 60 years. Congratulations. Thank you. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yep. So, you were married. Where were you married? Married in Port Kennedy Presbyterian Church. Church. Okay. And, and Dr. John Laird was our minister. Mm -hmm. and we that was had, your church you regularly attended? I had gone there as a child to Sunday school and then joined church. I was a member of the choir for a number of years, and I'm still a member there. Great. <laughs> <laughs> still a member yeah. there. How many people were in your choir, do you remember? Uh, about 20 of us. Yeah, that was a good size. It was a nice, mm -hmm. <laughs> All ones, uh, people I went to school with. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So what, uh, after you and John were married, where'd mm -hmm. you go? We lived at Shrack's Corner for a year, and then John's mother passed away, and uh, we moved down to Gladwin in 1947, June of 1947. And we lived uh, with his father, two brothers and a sister. And we were there for four years when we moved to Brandywine Village in March of 1971. Uh, what, what 1951. Did, right. But what did John do uh, for his for work? 
John was a tree surgeon for the township of Lower Merion, and he was with them 20 or 22 years when he was transferred as a supervisor in traffic safety, where he took care of all the parking meters and uh, street signs and painting of lines, mm -hmm. uh, anything that had to do with the traffic. And he was a, a total of 42 and a half years with the township of Lower Marion. Worked there, okay. And unfortunately, he had to quit because he had three heart attacks. Oh. And that was in October of 1982. He had two heart attacks five days apart. So that was the end of his working, but God's been good yeah, to us. Yeah. Been very that, good that's you. over 23 years, years ago. ago. God's been good to us. <laughs> so what were you doing at that time? What was I doing at that time? Mm. Well, after, uh, what, seven years of marriage, I went to work for the Upper Marion Area School District. I was secretary to the superintendent, Dr. Warren Coughlin. And... Uh, Dr. Coughlin retired in 57 when Dr. Harold Morton came in. In uh, 1960, I guess, I asked for a transfer to the payroll department. And I went in as payroll. Now from 1953 until 1966, I also did the bus schedules for the school district. Mm -hmm. And in 66, I was doing accounting and payroll. And I wound up doing nothing but payroll when I retired in 1982. Uh, where, were, where were you located as far as your offices were concerned? I started out in the, high, the old high school building. The old, Mar it's the Marion building now you're talking about. Yeah. <coughs> And from there, I went over to the Gulf Road Elementary building until uh, 1966 when the new administration building was built on Crossfield Road. And that's where I was from 66 to 82. The Marion building, tell us a little bit about that. Of course, that's uh, been re rehabbed uh, into a modern office building, really. Yes, well, that was two flights. Uh, Plus, at the very one end, I guess you would call it the east end of the building, the commercial room, the typing and the bookkeeping rooms were down in the lower level, right next to the cafeteria. Then the other rooms, it was in a little bit of an L shape. I forget how many classrooms there were. But when you went from one classroom, you had one direction. If you were on this side of the building and you had to go upstairs, you had to go down that way and up the stairs to the second floor. If you had a classroom right across the hall from there, you went down that hall to the very end and came back. You didn't cross the hall. Oh. And 
God bless him, Mr. Strime was right there to make sure you didn't go across. <laughs> Good shortcut, huh? <laughs> no shortcuts. <laughs> that uh, had a beautiful yeah. auditorium yeah. and uh, had a nice stage there. Mm -hmm. I was uh, in the chorus and uh, I went out for hockey, but I wasn't allowed to stay in it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And at that time, when we moved in Brandywine, we had our daughter who was four years old, and our son was, no, yeah, she was three and, about three and a half, and he was just a little past a year old when we moved in Brandywine. So both of our children went through a marrying school. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, Brandywine Village. Been there since the 1940s? 1951. 51. And uh, I was there. I helped to organize the Civic Association for Brandywine Village, which I was elected secretary for that. Then we, the bowling alleys opened up, up in the Valley Forge Shopping Center. Mm -hmm. And uh, I joined the bowling league and I became secretary of that. Uh, in the meantime, the volunteer fire company was organized in the auxiliary. I became officers in that. I think I held every officer was for the auxiliary. We had a softball team. I played on the softball team till I was almost 40. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we. I kept busy, and we had an active uh, organization there. When you first moved into Brandywine Village, was that one of the first uh, developments here in the township? Yes, one, one of the first. I don't remember, I don't remember any other development in Upper Marion before that. Mm -hmm. But not living up here in Upper Marion at the time, I... Yeah. But that was the thing that. But that was one of the uh, the first, and we were one of the first twenty families. In there. Mm -hmm. In Brandywine. Right. Mm -hmm. The uh, you had your share of mud when you first moved in. <laughs> no, we didn't. No. Amazing, it didn't. We didn't have any bugs in there. Yeah. Yeah. And we were in the home about um, three and a half years, I guess when my husband built a third bedroom one for us. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. This was originally a two bedroom house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. But we wanted yeah, the three, you needed the three did. bedroom, and he built the third bedroom one. And uh, there again, that's like a, a community project. If anybody needed help, there was always somebody mm -hmm. around to help you. Yeah. Everybody showed up to mm -hmm. pitch in, that's mm -hmm. right. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. 202 at the time was, what, Two-Lane Road? Mm-hmm. McAdam? Mm -hmm. McAdam. Mm -hmm. what's, that, what's traffic? That soon changed because uh, I can remember it went into the dual highway, and, of course, it had changed a little bit along 202. And when my brothers came back from the Korean War, they couldn't find me. They couldn't. 202 was so strange to them. <laughs> <laughs> so... All right, now, you, had, you, were, you were very busy in, uh, in the Brandywine Village and the Civic Association? 
in a bowling do league. You, what, what did you do in, in the Civic Association? What function did that Civic Association play? Uh, we had a, um, what they called a block party. In the summertime, we'd have a block party in the center of the village, uh, you know, one weekend or something like that to make a little bit of money to try and get, do things there, get some beautification done and maybe some places that we thought needed it. Mm -hmm. But it, uh, it didn't stay too active uh, very long. I don't know why, whether, what caused it not to keep operating. But on uh, another function that I did, <laughs> I was social reporter to the Times Hurl for Oh, were you? <laughs> okay. How'd you get that job? From Johnny Nicola, who was a Times Herald reporter Porter. from Bridgeport. Okay. He said he couldn't keep up to it. He said, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us some of the events that took place as, as, as a social reporter. What... Uh, it was just a, more a matter of anyone that uh, took a vacation, extended vacation, and told you about it, or anniversaries, or birthdays, or unfortunately someone passed away. You give them you know, the information to the Times Herald, but uh, it it wasn't a big job. It was just a little something to mm. to keep the people in the news. Or the bowling league. I was secretary, yeah. kept where, all the scores. Yeah. Where the where was the, where were the bowling alleys? Up in the Valley Forge Center shopping center. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a movies now or not. I think it's Mr. Pepper's uh, Pepper's restaurant up there. Yeah. Well, That's Joe right. Tischler, uh, Dr. Martin, Dino Volpe, and myself are the ones that opened up the bowling alleys. We're the first ones that threw mm -hmm. the bowling ball well, down the, the alley. alley. Oh, were you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were a regular uh, as a bowler? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That how, was one of my favorite sports. And how, how long did you, how many years were you a bowler up there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a few, quite a few yeah. years. Mm -hmm. it was a was the uh, was that a, really a social center in uh, in terms of uh, the community activities? Uh, different uh, groups had formed, uh, like uh, Valley Forge Homes was developed, and then of course Candlebrook, and there was some from Belmont Terrace that all formed leagues and started a, a bowl in there, and uh, it. It was va uh, very active. I couldn't believe that it didn't stay active mm -hmm. as a bowling center. But uh, it was active. Uh, uh, interest change, of course. Now, you were also involved with the, the volunteer fire company? Mm-hmm. With the auxiliary. <coughs> Tell us about the volunteer fire. Where was it located? Uh, it was located there on Allendale Road. Uh, that's when the... Uh, uh, as soon as they built the Allendale firehouse, then the auxiliary uh, became really active. Uh, we used to hold our regular meetings. We held dinners. We had dinners for them. We held dances, same as the fire company did. They used to hold a dance every once in a while. And uh, we, uh, the auxiliary used to put on minstrels. We'd uh, get together, a group of us, and we'd put a minstrel on, and it was produced over in the golf school. 
over in the old high school. Okay. That's where we had our minstrels. And that's how we made our money for the fire company. So your function purely was fundraising? Mm -hmm. As far as the fundraising for the firemen. Right. To try and help the firemen. The do you remember the uh, uh, how how large was the fire department at that time? Do you remember have any idea? Well, how many how many people women were in your auxiliary? I really don't remember how many were in it. I'm going to say 30, 40. Oh, good size. It was a good size. Same way with the men. Mm. My husband was a charter member of the fire company, and I was a charter member of the auxiliary. Mm. He was not a fireman, but he was active in other mm -hmm. functions there to, where he could help them. Help out. Because yeah. he wasn't up here in the township to respond to any fires, only on weekends. That's right. <laughs> and if it was wintertime, forget it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was tied up down Lower Merriam yeah. with the snow or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. He was on call for down there. Yeah. So he would commute to uh, down to Lower Marion, mm -hmm. work every day. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good trip. Well, yes, <laughs> yeah. he he worked uh, five and a half days a week yeah. for a while, for quite a while. That's the way their work week was, five and a half days mm -hmm. a week. Then it went down to five okay. days. But he was on always on call for emergency, the whole time he worked. Uh, when did you start to work for the uh, for the? Um for the school district? May the 4th, 1953. I started there on my wedding anniversary. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and, okay, the, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you, you, you listed a, a, a number of jobs that you had. Tell us a little bit about these jobs. Well, I started as secretary to the superintendent and that involved making bus schedules that involved enrolling new people. But then, of course, you helped the teachers. You got their supplies for them. Every month that they needed, they would give you a list of the supplies. And once a month, you delivered their supplies to them. But I have to tell you that that was one of the best experiences and the, a happy experience as far as I was concerned because everyone worked together so well and we were like one big happy family. And I have a lot of friends from those teachers. I'm still in touch with them. Back in uh, the late 60s, I helped to organize the Upper Marion Retirees Association from the school. I don't know if you know, they meet every May and every October, they have a luncheon. Oh, I didn't realize it existed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It started with a few elementary teachers, and three of them were mine that had taught me. Uh, they wanted to be able to keep in touch with one another, and they had asked me how they could get in touch with some of these people, you know, where did they live, and as they retired. So I supplied them with a list of the retirees so that they could get in touch with them and tell them about the luncheon. Mm -hmm. And today it's quite a size, quite a large size. And we, we go every May and October Dorf. when we can. Uh,
we made it several times up from Florida just to, did, oh, did you? to go to the reunion. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, uh, then after uh, you mentioned that you did some other, uh, you had some other positions there. After that, I went from secretary to superintendent to uh, accounting and payroll. Well, tell us about those, those those operations. Those operations were all done by hand. You did all the calculations for their paychecks by hand. Uh, when I say by hand, you had to uh, type out the checks. Right. There was no machines. Well, then we did get a bookkeeping machine that uh, you could put the checks into and it would be typed by the bookkeeping machine. But it was all done, actually, your figuration was all manually. Mm -hmm. And uh, then back in 66, I guess it was, they got the first computers. And it was a one of the big ones. And uh, there again, you had to, a lot of it was, the input was manually. Mm -hmm. But uh, I had gotten up to uh, quite a size uh, number of employees. I don't remember now the, the total number of employees, but I was totally responsible for the payroll. And... Mm. Uh, when when this was taking place, which building were you in? The golf road? I would no. I was in um, the administration building there on Crossfield Road. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, were you involved in any other activities? Well, I was involved in a lodge down in Gladwin that I had kept up with. But they're no longer in, in existence. Mm -hmm. It was called the um, Pythian Sisters, which is mm -hmm. the auxiliary of the Oddfellas. And uh, I was in that for several years. Mm -hmm. And I had gone through the seven chairs there. Mm -hmm. And they wanted me to run for state. And I refused. Mm -hmm. That's where mm -hmm. I drew the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many children did you have? Just two. Just two. We have a daughter and a son. And where were they delivered? They were both born in Sacred Heart Hospital in Narstown. I don't know the um, the new the new the new new people in the community probably don't re remember Sacred Heart Hospital since it's been closed for. No, they 10. probably don't. That was at um, two o two and. Uh, Four Nance. What was? It was called the Cal Pike at yeah, that time right. and uh, Fornance Street. Right. Mm -hmm. right. But the, uh, they closed about 10 years ago. I know. That was a beautiful hospital, though. Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of memories about uh, I guess you do. <laughs> <laughs> Made a lot of trips over there. <laughs> I'll bet you did. <laughs> then uh, you and John moved uh, out of the community. When did that take place? When you moved to, went to Florida. We moved in August of 1985 to North Fort Myers, Florida. Mm -hmm. The reason we moved was for his health because he'd had three heart attacks. One was in 1975. The other two were in 1982, five days apart. Mm -hmm. And he could not return to work. Well, we stayed here for three years. 
But our doctor had said, we had taken a trip to Florida with a friend of ours uh, for one month in the winter of 82, I guess, uh, 83, March of 83. And I asked the doctor about him going down there. He said, well, it would probably be one of the best things for him. Well, up here, the cold would bother him. He couldn't go out. The only thing he could do would go over to the mall in the wintertime and walk around the mall for exercise, mm -hmm. which is what he had to have. Right. So after going down to Florida a couple of times, we decided maybe we would be better off moving down there and living down there and see if he wouldn't gain his health back. And he did. When he moved down there, he did not look good. Salesman down there said to me, he says, I give him six months. He says, I don't think he'll live any longer, not the way he looks. And he could just about walk around. But we got down there. He was able to start walking with the weather being warm and sunshine. He was able to walk around a little bit. Got to the point he was able to walk three miles around the park. Then he rode the bicycle. He's able to do that. Then he learned to play golf. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we lived there for just 20 years and moved back again in July of 2005. Who was your doctor? Dr. Harold Rowland in Wayne. Oh, yeah, I remember I Dr. You I, should remember him. Yeah, he I, was at the school. Yeah, I remember Dr. Rowland. <laughs> That's how we met, uh, met him for a family doctor. doctor. Yeah. And uh, he was... A terrific yeah, a real, doctor. Real great guy. Yeah, well, well loved by all. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, yeah. very, very devoted to his profession. Yeah, well, he helped pull me through a crisis, too, back in 1965, because I had a battle with cancer. Oh, did you? Yes, I did. And he helped to pull me through that. Oh, well, you look great now. Must have done a good, <laughs> you did a great job. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> it's been really great talking to you, Mark. I really appreciate the time that you spent with us. I've enjoyed it too, Dr. Schultz. And uh, a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this edition of Remember When. If you'd like to make a suggestion or comment on this program, please use the following contact information. Thanks for watching. Until next time and always. Remember when.